This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move further in our adventure in Acts with John and Peter in Samaria, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part one, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, part two, the road to Damascus, and Ananias sent to Saul. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
true faith.
A reading from Galatians chapter 4. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, than an heir through God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What do Augustus Caesar, Tiberius Caesar, and Marcus Aurelius have in common, aside from being dead for a very long time? They were all adopted. In ancient Rome, adoption was a very different thing from modern-day adoption. First, it was done primarily for the benefit of the adopting family, not the adopting son. Second, it was usually done with older boys and even with grown adults. It was not that strange to adopt men in their 20s or 30s. And there was no prohibition against adopting someone older than you. So there were cases where an older man was adopted by a younger man. But we don't know if they still call them daddy. So why the history lesson? In order to truly understand what St. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, we need to understand adoption the way that they saw it, not the way we see it today. It was a legal process performed primarily to bestow title and property to the next generation. The men cited earlier were adopted by emperors in order to become emperors. With their adoption, 
they gained all the status, authority, and power of their fathers. They were not less because they were adopted. They were more. This is what Paul is getting at in chapter 4 when he wrote, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so we might receive adoption as sons. We have been adopted by the decree of the paterfamilias, our Heavenly Father. In this process, we are given a new family name, that of Christian. And we've been given the right to call Almighty God our Father. You are sealed with his name in your baptism, marked in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are his child, really and truly, just as my youngest son is my child through adoption. You are a sibling of Christ Jesus, and you will share in his inheritance in the world to come. The greatest part of that inheritance is threefold. Receiving forgiveness, receiving an immortal body like Christ's, and being in the presence of God for all eternity without fear, without shame. To be a child of the living God is more than just a saying. It is reality because he declares it to be so. While our Lord was teaching his disciples, someone came and told them his mother and brothers were outside. Jesus replied, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He knew who his true siblings were. Not just the half-brothers he grew up with, but those who heed the word of God, who come to him in repentance and accept his mercy. Even Peter, who denied him three times, was a true brother because he repented of his weakness. You are all more my brothers and sisters than my own unbelieving siblings. You are members of my true family and I of yours, but that does not mean you have to get me a Christmas present. Sometimes we don't feel like children of God. We often find ourselves rebelling against his will, against his holy law. He said, don't do that, and we do it. He said, do this thing, and we don't. It's almost as if by him telling us his will, we're given the very goal of our disobedience. Or in other words, we act just like children who defy their parents. And this is not a coincidence. The same sin that affects us affects children, as all of you with little ones know. This rebellion against our earthly parents is similar to our rebellion against our Heavenly Father, with many of the same outcomes. Does it hurt our parents 
if we don't do our homework? Does it affect our parents when we get into a fight or get fired from a job? No, not really. But it does affect us negatively. All of our parents' warnings were not for their sake. They're for our sake. They said, do this and don't do that for our benefit. But still, we rebel. Although they may have become annoyed with us because of our stubbornness, because of our rebellion, they did not remove their name from us. And despite our impudence, they continued to care for us until we could see for ourselves that they were right all along. And if that is how our earthly parents act toward us, they who are themselves sinful and broken, how much more will our Heavenly Father forgive us? God's forgiveness is unending. His patience is as vast as the seas. He watches us fail again and again, and yet he does not throw up his hands and say, that's it, I've had it with you, get out of my house. Every time we come stumbling back to him, broken, beaten, desperate, he takes us back. We have all sinned, and we all fall short. But you are his children, really his children. And he wants you to share in his kingdom. The coming of the Christ, the Son of God, is not just a past event that we study as if it has no bearing on our lives. It was through Jesus' life, crucifixion, and resurrection that you've been rescued and adopted by the creator of the universe. You are truly sons and daughters of the living God, adopted through grace, and you are heirs of an unimaginable future. Rejoice that the Father loves you so much that he sent you his son in order to bring you into his family. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.
because your abiding presence always goes with us. Keep us aware of your daily mercies, that we may live secure and content in your eternal love. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that following his footsteps, we may steadfastly walk in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you safely have brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant this day that we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. 